Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. Robo Ono visits the WPRK studios to discuss his various careers in music and art. It turns out, they're related. This episode is brought to you by Fast and Loose. Many, many reputable studies tell us that the worst part of traveling is anxiety. Specifically, the worry of how you're going to look once you get there. Traipsing around like a tourist? No thank you. Drop your dread with Fast and Loose. Simply pack your bag, leave it at the airport in one of our lockers, and pick up your rental luggage at your destination. Just like the bag you left behind, this one is also packed by a local, so you know you're going to look authentic. Are they the same size? Maybe. Are you worried about fitting in? Well, we sure hope not. Fast and loose. Reserve your next trip at toacertaindegree.com. Highballed on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. A sort of loosely themed Halloween song right there. That was the monkey versus the robot, which both are very frightening things. And we have a, a, a robot with us this morning. Robo Ono is here. Good morning, Robo. Good morning. I'm Thank actually, uh, I was a little put off by that. He kept saying, I'm nobody's robot. I'm like, but I'm I'm uh, trying to be somebody's I'm robot. Kind of a robot. <laughs> uh, well, you're definitely nobody's monkey. So if that's any consolation. That, that remains debatable at this point. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. This is WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I am. Uh, I do this every week, and I have a special guest every week. Robo is my guest this week. Thank you so much. If you have not gotten to see uh, Robo's work, you can go online to roboono.com and follow. definitely follow him on Instagram is the way to see it because then you see the stuff in progress. I always like that part the, of the, the artist process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I, I, I can't art at all. Um, I guess 3D printing, maybe you could consider that a little bit of the art that I do. Yeah. Uh, but so art and music is magic to me. And so people who can make both uh, are pretty much magicians and or wizards. Uh, so potentially evil, I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll find out about you in a minute because you do uh, or have done both, right? So yeah. you artist, you have a former life as a musician, uh, I, I kind of consider myself chaotic neutral above okay. anything. So yeah, perfect, pretty good. Well, let's learn a little bit more about you because I invited you on after seeing some of your work, after purchasing some of your work, and I don't mm. really know you all that well, other uh, than you need several alarms to get up in the morning. Yes, but, yeah, <laughs> okay. which it's it's early. I can understand that. So we're gonna play a game. Maybe you've heard of uh, this game, but it's basically twenty questions. Yes, you're gonna say up or down, yes or no. But instead of saying that for the subjects that we come up with. Uh, you're going to say the quick okay, or the dead Oh, because yeah. it's Halloween season. Mm-hmm. So we might as well go with something a little darker. Uh, so the quick, it's common superhero power. It's something I think everybody would kind of want as part of their superhero uh, powers that they get somehow. Uh, the quickening was a cool thing mm-hmm. with the Highlanders and the Immortals and that. Uh, the dead, who, who wants that? I mean, I guess yeah. it's that time of year, but uh, <laughs> zombies, walkers, whatever you want to call them, the dead. Uh, so that's what we got. So the quick or the dead Halloween. Oh, the quick. So apparently it's a big holiday for you. It's a, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been my favorite. Um, it's my birthday, <laughs> which well. I worked Happy really birthday. hard. Thank you very much. Almost. Yeah. But I worked very hard to uh, have, have that come to fruition. Um, I kicked my way out like two weeks early, apparently. And I uh, was like, here I am. Let's do so this. you were supposed to be like mid-November, and you're like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I'm Very gonna, nice. I can't, I can't be on the cusp. <laughs> I got to be dead center, and you know, on that Scorpio business. Um, but yeah, it's, I, but I, I never, I kind of lost the taste for it being my birthday because there was a point in my childhood where I had to 
either choose to go trick-or-treating with my friends or do a birthday party. And, like, my friends didn't want to come to the birthday party because... Because they wanted to go trick-or-treating. Yeah, Yeah, unless you were going to promise them a bunch of free candy. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, like, we we weren't really, you know, fiscally comfortable when I was a child. So, (laughs) it's like, you know... So, now, if you come back around, you're good with celebrating both on the same day? Going yeah. trick-or-treating. You still go trick-or-treating. I, I, I do, actually, I, yeah. I yeah. Um, uh, my girl and I went to uh, the, the mouse's not-so-scary thing, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. I love it. You know, it's just I, I know that, you know, there's people that have a problem with adults having anything to do with the trick-or-treating or the sure. costumes and things, but I mean, you can't let that stuff go, you know? Well, I'm just curious. So remembering back when you were a kid, like, Halloween was a big holiday. Yeah. But it wasn't as big. Like I think the last time I checked, you the America spends more on Halloween than any other holiday except for Christmas. Even more than Valentine's Day? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, way more than Valentine's Day. So this is a this is I it feels like it's bigger than it's ever been. Yeah. And I don't know if you feel the same way if you've seen that as well. I, I definitely think there's a resurgence. Um I think it in the the seven I was, you know, dating myself here, but in the, the 70s and 80s and things like that it was it was i think we were coming technologically into an age to where we could make costumes and you know Mm -hmm. animatronics and in your yard and things like that those things were starting to come you know to to life and uh not in a you know we're gonna get you kind of way but you know they, they became available um, and I think that just after that, there was this massive, like, okay, we're, we're kind of over it, you know, and, and there was a safety issue with sure. people finding things in their candy, which years later all turned out to be urban legends right, right, for the right. most part. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to see it coming back. And I think that social media has a big part of that. People are seeing other people having fun and, you know, having these huge festivals and, and, you know, everybody wants in on it. And I think it's fantastic, you know? Do you think we should make it like a weekend instead of a always the thirty first? Because now it's going to be on a Tuesday. It's tomorrow. Um. Yeah. I. I. I think just suck it up and you know just go out. Yeah. That's what. Yeah, it, that's what adults night. do. They go out and they're irresponsible. They hurt themselves and they go to work in the morning. That's it. Speaking of being irresponsible, uh, voicemail. The quick or the dead. Uh, oh, the dead. Yeah. One hundred percent. I purposely have an obnoxiously long voicemail message. Just so you don't leave a message. It, it's a yeah, it's a robot beeps and bloops and even asks you to. You know, like I understand the function of the technology, sure. but it I don't have time to just text me. <laughs> text me or like, you know, the what is it, the the uh, visual voicemail, that mm-hmm. thing's a lifesaver. You know, even though oh, it doesn't that it translates yeah. it for you. And if for no other reason, because it never gets it right. It never, yeah, so there's a comedy element. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. like a 65% accuracy, uh, but it's but I could be having the worst day ever, and I could read you know something from the guy who wants to sell me a new car, and it's he you know turns it into like going to Bangkok for the weekend and you know partying in Mardi Gras or something, you know, just nice. like completely nothing that, <laughs> and then I'll listen to the message and I'll be disappointed in the original message. Right, right. It was not as not good. As funny. Yeah, the sequel's never as good. You know, uh, you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> Colonizing Mars, the quicker the dead. Um, as a robot, do you want to go? As a robot, I think it's my duty to go. Yeah. Uh, I think you know, being uh, s- serving my masters as uh, as best as I can, you know, for the, the benefit of, of their survival. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's important, but um, you know, you have to understand that there's an underlying value to. It's not that we're just trying to go to other planets so that we can get away from Earth or any of that. It's that we, the more we learn about 
what's around us, the more we learn about, you know, who we are and, you know, potentially how we got here, you mm-hmm. know, whatever your, your dogmatic, uh, you know, in, in embrace lie. Yeah. 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 Um, it, because I, and I think until we know everything that we can't really say we know anything, if that makes any sense, you know, no, it does make sense. Um, and there's, I think anything that advances technology and anything that advances our awareness of how insignificant we truly are in the universe, anything that's going to humble us is an important venture, you know? Um, right. Because I think to your point, if we think that we know it all, then we stop yeah. and we just become, you know, you sit on your laurels and you basically wither. Um, I, I would say with our current perception of how humanity is set up, that's a positive um, but uh, not a positive, but that, that's, that's, you're spot on with that. Um, but I think if you, you're in a position to where, you know, everything, then you, there's nothing, there's no right. issues with anything yeah. anymore. It's like, oh, okay. This is just how things are. I'm going to sit yeah. in my house and watch and binge Netflix. Pro, I mean, if those things still exist once we right, realize, right. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> they more than likely will. Yeah. Uh, so today marks the fifth anniversary. I wanted to get your take on this of Disney buying Lucasfilm. So if you remember oh, this, uh, so yeah. wh- how are you feeling about this so far? You, you're in year five. We're about to have another movie come out. The quick or the dead? Um, uh, uh, the the quick. Um, I'm I'm definitely, uh, a, you know, a supporter of the whole Disney thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a Star Wars fan, I take it. I I grew up with the movies. I mean, I saw you know again dating myself here. I saw all the movies you know when their theatrical release sure. from the get go. Um, and I like robots kind of took me over in the eighties mm-hmm. and that's kind of where my interest lied. And uh, while I, cause I love sci-fi, but, and I'm, I'm going to catch flack over this, but I, I don't technically consider star Wars to be sci-fi more than it is like a, a romance story. Of, yeah. Sort of a really good drama. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily just, you know, just, you know, male, female falling in love, male, right. male falling in love, female, whatever you're into. I'm not trying to say that. Like it's a, it, it's, it's more of just like of just the dichotomy of good versus evil. You know? So it's, it's character driven, but it's also all those archetypes of the, yeah. you know, like you're saying the good versus evil and things of that. It's, yeah. it's a legend almost. Exactly. In many ways. I mean, yeah. it's, it's survive. You say what you want about it, you know, a bit positive or negative, but things like that don't stay around if they don't have massive amounts of impact on right. enough people to keep them around. Right. So. I think it's a, that's a good point. Cause the best sci-fi, I'm a big sci-fi fan and the best sci-fi really relegates the technology to the back and it may, mm. may sometimes doesn't even explain it. Yeah. Like, let's just assume that you can go from star to star. Here's the story of these people. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's what uh, that's what I'm hearing in terms of where you are with Star Wars. Yeah. So like we were talking about before, tangents, um, going to Mars, you know, the quick, definitely. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. And uh, let's talk about concert props uh, really quick. Uh, you So you used to be... Uh, a concert I think I know touring <laughs> guy. Uh, this happened to Marilyn Manson yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. earlier this month. So I felt bad uh, because yeah. I think he's just finally starting to make a comeback. And if you read some of the interviews about him, you know, I think some of the uh, stuff that came out about him being to blame or some of the um, uh, some of the school shootings, uh, the shooters listening to his music. Yeah. He caught a lot of flack for that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, really hurt his popularity, hurt his growth as an artist. 
Um, and so yeah, I feel bad because this is a big comeback, right? Yeah. And so he's in, in Madison Square Garden and basically gets popped by one of the concert props. Yeah. And so where do you lay on or where do you lie or where do you stand on, uh, I guess, any of those things? Where do you do any of these things on concert props? Oh, on concert props um, as an entity? Yeah, the quick <laughs> uh, or the dead? The quick. Um, on them falling on people, definitely the dead. Not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Man, I saw that video and I, I try to I try to stay as centered as possible. You know, I try to listen to everybody and try, just try and make an educated decision as to you know, what what my stupid little brain is is you know capable of holding on to. And I just I I think Manson is a, a he's a hyper intelligent individual for being in the entertainment industry. You know, mm -hmm. in comparison to some of the things that we're we've become accustomed to. Um, and I mean, I've seen him come up from from nothing you know i when i was in school he, you know he was with the spooky kids and you know he he's a master of what it is he does mm -hmm. and he backs it up with you know eloquence you know and it, whether you agree with him or not you know it's again it's you know like whatever your personal position is on him right you know right as an artist or yeah. As, yeah, yeah yeah um at least he does the work he does the legwork to make sure that he knows what he's talking about before he opens his mouth you know which which i've always been appreciative of of anybody that does that in the entertainment especially in the entertainment industry so you're not gonna like this show then this one um i mean because i just opened my mouth and i just there's i was wondering where the itchiness was coming from yeah yeah yeah. Getting, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, the hairs um, on the back of your neck are starting to stand up yeah yeah Got i it. didn't have my shaved and now they're back so that's <laughs> but yeah it's like I, I i think it's a crap situation um and i i think that unfortunately and you know, like people are going to break this down into you know thirty-seven different things to to see. We should have done this, or this is what happens. This and all that stuff aside, just mono e mono watching that video and seeing that prop fall over on him, I was like, it, you almost have to think that karma has somewhat of a of a uh, sense of humor, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't mean karma in the fact that he got what he deserved because of whatever, you know, people want to tie to him. But it's right. like, but be, f you, it just seems like the world doesn't do the research. They just see the headline and pick a side. So, oh, and they react to it. Yeah, yeah. And those reactionary individuals, for them specifically, that had to have been a moment of, like that's the winning touchdown during right. the Super Bowl. It's like you know, it's I knew like, that would happen to him. Or yeah, 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 exactly. Like you're so he's getting what he deserves. Yeah. If you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so I mean, it's like I, I think it's a commentary on on us needing to be able to embrace one another. You know, to when to know that people like that are out there, that they're going to look at something like that and they're going to gain appreciate your joy from it. And right. So you know, I I think it's it sucks to to any to, for that to happen to anybody. You know, and I just, I just think universally, it was hilarious. It was such a, f I like, I, I, I feel terrible. Freak accident, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just, I was, I, I was belly laughing at the irony of the situation. I, I'm 100% either in the Truman Show or this is, uh, you know, this is. It's some like kind of, the Matrix, and it's all stage, yeah, just it's a, simulation theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. put that in there to make myself laugh. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of making people laugh, uh, Amazon just announced a, a new program, a new uh, option that they have for home delivery. It's called Amazon Key. Have oh, you heard about this? I did hear about this. Yeah. How do you feel about that? The quick or the dead? Oh, and just as a quick man. recap, what they'll do is they give you a lock for your door mm -hmm. so that the delivery person can enter your home. 
<laughs> and they also provide you with security camera so that, you know, you can see the person, you can let them in, you can see what they're doing, I mm. think, uh, something along those lines. So, yeah, it, it sounds seamless. It sounds like it's really smart. Uh, how do you feel about it? I feel that you could put all the pretty words on it that you want, but people <laughs> are still involved with it. And anytime you give people that kind of power, um, curiosity is going to rear its head. And uh, while that's not always a bad thing, um, I don't want my Amazon guy going through my cereal drawer and, you know, right. it's, putting you know, stuff away, putting stuff in, yeah, finding, yeah, finding out where you keep all your secret yeah. stashes of things. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be the guy that gets that ball rolling on the thought process, but it's, I mean, you look at how terrifying something like 1984 is and how, how much of a reality it's actually becoming. And then, you know, you, you add people into the mix and it's just like, right. Uh, but it, at some point, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in embracing the, the coming singularity of technology. So it's like, if, if you subscribe to that in any capacity, then you understand that uh, privacy and security are things of they're, they're becoming antiquated. Right. You know? Whether you're looking at online yeah. privacy and security, or you're looking at physical, uh, privacy and security. Yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy. And uh, I think steps like Amazon um, taking you know the, these these kind of steps towards increasing their their reach and their technology, um, I really their tentacles, if you yeah, will, yeah, I, I really, right into your house. Yeah, I, I really do think <laughs> that it's a, it's it's technology as uh, as an entity. It's using us to as kind of tendrils to set up the mm. landscape that it needs in order to you know come into its own. So, which I mean, you know that that goes along. The, I'm I'm not conspiracy theorist. That's Ray Kurzweil's singularity is basically that you know technology yeah. coming together and, oh, yeah. and superseding hu human you know need for us to do anything as we all want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's almost physiologically like we're wired to do as little as possible, you know, which is crazy because we're capable of doing so much, you know, good or bad, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, like banging on the table, uh, definitely the dead. I'll, I'll pick that. Definitely constant props. <laughs> uh, how about zombies? The quicker the dead. Um kind of on the fence about this one mm -hmm. I, have, I have a big zombie tattoo on my right calf uh but it was it, i got that done probably about th three years before the walking dead premiered because at the time i was super i've always been i played dnd &D as a kid and it, the zombies just always seemed like the, the most relatable you know just because they were well, when you're talking about the singularity it seems like that's the next yeah. place you're gonna go in terms of talking about people yeah, yeah exactly i mean we're already there you, Look, uh, people looking at their phones while they're driving, and it's like, okay, you're you're useless at this point. You so D and D, and then like the zombie movies, the classic Romero, and all of that kind uh, of movies. Yeah, just I mean, born and raised on them. Yeah, and, uh, and but uh, as with anything, when anything reaches you know the the precipice of of popularity, um, it's it saturation, oversaturation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think it's fantastic because. Um, I really think it is a commentary on the state of humanity, uh, socially, at least in America, where we are just becoming, you know, these meandering herds of, of consumers, you know, of any, if there's an app for it, we're into it. And if not, we don't want to put any kind of effort right. into it. Right. And, uh, you know, but people, unfortunately, people don't look that deep into it. They're like, oh, these scary things for, you know, whatever. And now you look at a show like, like The Walking Dead and the zombies aren't even they're like secondary at this point. Well, you know? yeah, no, it's all about the characters. Um, you know, everything's collapsed. Yeah. And now it's about the characters in the background. So whatever yeah. that 
uh, I think in the, um, what was it, the stand that Stephen King wrote, mm -hmm. uh, that it was basically a uh, bioengineered thing. So yeah. then they just died. There weren't, there wasn't a zombie part of everything. Spoiler just alert. Died. Yeah. Sorry, if you haven't seen it yet. I think that happens in the first eight pages <laughs> yeah, of the really book. Does. Of a book movie, that yeah. came out 30 years ago. So yeah. You know, we'll probably spoil some stuff yeah. here no. coming up. Yeah, get over soon. it. It's been out for more than a week. You, 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 can't, you can't have that anymore. You know? But I think it's a storytelling device. Yeah. So what happens afterwards? How do people react? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. I, I, so I think, you know, looking at it um, half glass full, I think zombies, I'd still be the, the quick on them just because I think they're an important lesson, you know, socially that, uh, don't, don't let anything get out of hand. You know, you got to keep a balance or, or things can just run amok. It's so having grown up on the, what I would call the, the slow, the ambling zombies mm -hmm. sort of movement when 28 days later came out, uh, I, I, w I was not prepared for that. Yeah. That was horrifying <laughs> yeah. for me. It was like when, when, yeah, when there was just like speed involved, it's like, Oh no. Okay. There's oh, I definitely won't survive now. The great equalizer, yeah. <laughs> like I could I, I, I like to convince myself that I may be able to get by in a walking dead type of situation yeah. where everybody's kind of slow. Yeah. Uh but if they're running, I'm done. Yeah. I am done. You might as well just I'll be a zombie, I'll hang out with everybody else. <laughs> I, I think I think I'm built the other way, but it's uh so I mean get behind me until <laughs> I can't help anymore. So yeah. Uh so uh going back to the singularity for a second, mm. uh driverless cars. The quick um, of the dead. The quick. I mean, it's just it's it's another cog in that machine of uh, you know, the futuristic mindset. Um, I I do believe that with any technology, there's going to be there's going to be the opportunity for exploitation for purposes that we might prefer people not to use those things for. Um, but at the same time, it's like we're we're trying to progress and we're trying to bring, you know, the like. In, my perception is we're trying to bring an equal opportunity of technology and of, you know, of growth to the entire world. You know, right. We're so the promise to, is safety. The promise yeah. is, you know, a better way to use the resources that we have. That exactly. Sort of thing. And so I, th I think that, you know, driverless anything is going to allow people to get more work done. And if anything, it, like, I think the amount of road rage, once people get it, under you know could get under wraps and they, they've actually had an opportunity to oh to, the anxiety of yeah. actually getting into one and giving up control yeah right? like I, I, i'm not I, even a good passenger yeah how exactly. am i gonna let a robot <laughs> drive me around exactly yeah but i mean when people see the amount of work that they're getting done and the amount of stress it's alleviating and you know you get home and instead of being in traffic for two hours and pulling your hair out you get home you've accomplished all your work for that night and you can able you're able to spend that time with your family Just hang out yeah yeah and then and i i, I think to a certain extent to, to a certain degree Ooh, ah, uh, got it. i think you a quarter yeah i think um that's going to kind of bring the the like the the love back into the family and mm -hmm. attention you, that's of course my utopia uh, you know utopian point of view sure, sure, sure. um but it, you have to have that you know you can look at it negatively but you, ha you ha also have to be able to focus on the immense amount of positivity that that level of technology can bring to society yep so. I think what was interesting for me is I, I've been avoiding uh, any kind of thought about getting older. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've, I've been driving for now just about 30 years. Mm -hmm. And I am not getting any better at it. No. <laughs> like, there's, there's a peak. You probably get there around 22, 24. And then everything after that, you're not going to get any better. Like, I, I probably don't do the 10 and 2. I probably don't look yeah. both ways as much as I should and look in my mirror and then look in my mirror again and well, all of those safety things that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, yeah. 
you know, thinking about driverless cars from that perspective, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going to need them. We have an aging population. Yes. It would just be easier to get people around. But then I also think that not only the driverless cars, but the driverless buses, like Big, yeah. more transit, more mass transit. Let's go there as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that would be something that I could take part of. I'd love to do Sunrail. I live nowhere near or, you know, I work kind of near a Sunrail stop, but I don't live near one. You have Sunrail Uber now. Yeah. It's like what you're set up for. But Yeah, Sunrail, driverless car or bus or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do that all day. Okay, very good. How do you feel about, as an artist, uh, states are starting to require it in schools again cursive? Um, I think from a utilitarian standpoint, I think it's, it's not really necessary. I feel like if you're able to communicate your message then that's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think there's, there's, I've haven't looked into this, but there's got to be some kind of research out there as far as the, like what it does for the human mind at that early an age to to learn to kind of from a developmental standpoint. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I really think it's important because I mean I remember from grade school like that's some of my that's the only memories that are left is when those three lines went across and then you learned how to you know link all the letters and do all that stuff and um I, I think that kind of it's from a different point of view I think that kind of helps people understand the flow of other things you know it's like you can't mm -hmm. just there's a way that things work together and when you understand that then it helps you live a more fulfilled life it, I mean that might be a, a stretch but that's kind of how I see cursive is is you're 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 writing down language you're writing down what makes us you know one of the things that makes us humans is our ability to communicate to this extent mm -hmm. and you're taking it and you're you're adding a creative aspect to it and i think at that point you're you're firing on both sides of the brain right you know, so, so it is that art and or that right brain left hemisphere is that how you do yeah, it yeah yeah something like that so and I, I think while yes i mean of course there's there's more pressing matters than you know bringing a cursive back to school but it's again it's it's such an early develop, developmental state mm -hmm. of a child's life it's that we have to we have to get their hands on as as much input as possible you know and i think anything that's going to help you know the left and right hemispheres work as a team i think we need to implement it i think we just fix cursive yeah yeah plus go. uh i don't want to uh, you know this is radio so i don't want to describe this and maybe yes. we can take a picture later your hat is actually in cursive it is yeah. yes it's a so. it's, it's beautiful script i've uh, over the last four or five years i've really you know, gain this new appreciation for just handwriting and brush, yeah. brush letters and things on like hats, that. Specifically, yeah, hats, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hor horribly ugly hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. <laughs> uh, okay, how about sandwiches? Oh, the, the quick, quick or the dead? Okay, yeah. I mean, it's like I, I, I try to lower my carb intake because I'm, I'm getting up there, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, 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 it's harder to just melt, like, have it melt away just by sitting at my desk all day. So, <laughs> I mean, what really? Yeah. Uh, you know that I mean, treadmill underneath that you're running on? I, I asked, yeah, I mean, I've tried those those work desk things, but I, you know, I'm, I'm an illustrator with some of my stuff. and Right, you probably really, don't need the shaky yeah. aspect of it. You know, it, 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 you know, lends for a, a distinctive art style, but mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> need it to look like, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm losing my mind. So, um, or do I? That might uh, work in my favor, actually, uh, as an artist, as what I consider to be an artist, yes. <laughs> maybe sort of uh, words, sort of desk rentals for artists that make you uh, uh, interact with your medium uh, yeah. in a different way. Yeah, it's uh, maybe to try it out. Maybe we're looking at treadmills in 
the wrong sense or treadmill desks. Maybe we have to make other parts of the body work for us. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I'll yeah, leave that up to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a future Baptist <laughs> idea. In the meantime, your favorite sandwich to make for yourself and your favorite sandwich to have made for you. Oh, geez. You know, I've, I've heard this question so many times in the other episodes I've listened to, and I thought I would have had an answer. Um, <laughs> it's just on the tip of my tongue, but, uh, I think favorite sandwich to make for myself would probably be a grilled cheese, mm-hmm. even though I don't really make them that often because, again, carbs and old and so they're sticky to me. When you do it, and it's yeah, sort of like, is yeah. it a callback? Is it one of those um, uh, you know things you had a lot when you were a kid, and now it's kind of that uh, that memory? It, is, it is could be that, or it could just be because it's layers of greasy cheese fried mm-hmm. together to bread and <laughs> bunch of butter. It's yeah, the only yeah. excuse you need, really. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but uh, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna let this one fly. Um, favorite sandwich to have made for me would because I heard it on an earlier podcast and I agreed was uh, Mama Ling Ling's uh, Thanksgiving oh, turkey Thanksgiving sandwich. Turkey at, sandwich. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Over at um, yeah. uh. Pom poms, pom poms. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, pom poms. I, I swear I love you. <laughs> it's just you, you, and I think there's something to it. Like even if you could make it exactly like they make it there, it's, it's not still the not good. Is not going to be as yeah. good as there. Yeah, because that the lack of responsibility is delicious. Well, like that me. part is in the context <laughs> of being there, like at 3 a.m. and getting a sandwich and. Not that I've ever done that before because I'm, you know, yeah. always in, in bed I. by 10. And I'm definitely not looking at you in a judging manner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the quicker the dead, uh, the beach. Um, Give me a time of day. No. No. Um, no. Then it's it, then it's Schrodinger's answer at this point. It's like it's <laughs> both the quick and the dead because it, uh, I'm, again, I've got a face for radio on this one and a, and a setup as well. I'm covered in tattoos and I spent a lot of money and time on getting those how I wanted them done, and I don't want to sit out in the sun. Oh, you know, okay, I got gotcha, you. That, that's gotcha. a very real concern for me. Even with like, and I put you know seventy SPF on. It's almost it's like super glue. It's still and gonna I, affect them in a, in yeah, a way, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. And so I mean, I you know, and plus it's hot, and I've I've never acclimated to the the Florida heat as much as I would have liked to. Um, so I mean, in during the daytime, the dead, but at night. When there's the breeze going and it's the roar of the ocean, you can sit and have a, and a you know, whatever kind of a, a beverage that you're into. I prefer adult beverages. Um, so Vampire Beach vamp- <laughs> is what you're into. Again, I mean, it, it, like, are we referencing Lost Boys? Because not that one. I, I don't I oh, want to go to the beach. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, no I'm it remembering. All, yeah. I usually just watch the first half of movies. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah you know, from what I understand, that did yeah. not turn out well. No, uh, I mean, you know, it was a mess all the way around. But then again, you know, do we need conflict in our lives in order to grow as people and, you know, to, to feed I think our if Karate Kid taught us anything, we do not. No. <laughs> no. That is, I mean, let me just reference 80s movies from <laughs> yes. here on out. All right, last question for now, and then we'll uh, play a song. We'll come back and uh, do some other stuff. We got bad business ideas. We got a pop quiz. We got all sorts of Halloween stuff. Maybe? Sweet. Maybe. Uh, Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoe. Uh, (laughs) um, The dead on both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not so much on Cobbler. This is one that I was ready for. Okay. Uh, I, man, I'm just, I love pie. And okay, so you I, feel like you're cheating on pie if you have cobbler. I, yeah, well, I I just feel like presentation uh, to me is is big, and there's just something about the way that the that pie is laid out where it's 
there's no nonsense. There's no like chunks of an, an unnecessary or non-necessity in there. That <laughs> okay, so it's too chaotic. I think is cobbler for you. Yeah, it's it's like a you like an organized fruity party. You know, and it's like I, yeah. there's too many. Like I don't I don't need chunks of cherry stuck in my teeth while I'm ch- you know and and pot like pie or cake especially. Um, it just seems like it's so like the format. It's, much more well organized. Yeah, it's yeah. just like I'm here for one thing. Like I just just let me get that done, <laughs> you know. And that's that's to consume <laughs> so I can feel bad about myself. I've never heard cobbler afterward. described that way, but yeah, yeah so, now that makes sense. Yeah, so, cobbler too chaotic, pie, a hundred percent. I can't Got have it. my dessert mirror my desk. You know, it's like that. I, there just can only be one place for chaos in my life. No, no, no. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> need stuff that's organized to balance out the stuff that is horribly unorganized. Yes, yes. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Robo, well, we're going to take a quick uh, musical break. Thank you for that. And we're going to hear from uh, Wolf Mother with Tails. Nice. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Wolf Mother on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Tails from their self-titled album. Uh, from their 2006 album. Seems like a simpler time. Has it been that long since it, that came out? It has been, yeah. And actually, that oh. piebald album was from uh, 2006 as well. Let's go back to 2006 for a second. <laughs> uh, simpler time. Maybe you remember it. Yes. I believe you were uh, uh, more of a musician at the time than an artist. Uh, I mean, still oh, an artist. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, vi- yeah, in comparison to being a visual artist. A yeah. visual artist. Thank yeah. you. Uh, also, 2006 was the final season of The Sopranos. So if you remember, I do. I will never forget. They split it up. Um, so I'm thinking of one specific episode. It was after Tony's coma dream. Mm-hmm. It was before the ending, mm-hmm. the very uh, cliffhangerish ending. Uh, again, we're going to get into some spoilers here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there was one scene where I, I guess the the writers and the creator wanted to do sort of a commentary on uh, where we are in terms of uh, the mafia and its place in the world. And there were two minor characters, Bert and Patsy, and they were going around collecting uh, their monthly extortion, right? Like they go around and we're going to the protection fees, racket. Protection yeah, fees. absolutely. The on, Merchants yeah. Association <laughs> protection fees. And they go into a coffee shop. It's not, it's obviously a chain, but they don't actually say which coffee shop yeah. it is. And uh, the guy's like, this, this is corporate. We can't do anything yeah. here. <laughs> but what struck me is that uh, Bert and Patsy, they know exactly who they are. You know, they will go into any store, any toy store, any place that sells incense, any Tex-Mex restaurants, and they know exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. So thinking back on it to 2006 to now, like self-labeling to me is very interesting. Like, what do you consider yourself? What did you consider yourself then? Uh, and what did you consider yourself now? And by the way, Hi, I'm Nick. This is to a certain degree. Did I say any of that? <laughs> Hi, I'm here with Robo Ono. I just get so excited about talking to people that I skip over all yeah, of that. You, like you're like network TV now. You give like a 15 minutes uh, of, of the beginning of the show, and then you go into the right, title. Who it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, you know, in 2006, as I mentioned, you were touring. You mm-hmm. were with a band, uh, and did you consider yourself a musician? Like, what did you think of yourself at that time? Yeah, I mean, just on paper, of course. So yeah. That's you know, I I try not to get wrapped up in uh, in labeling what who and what I am uh, um, as what I do, you know, or vice versa. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was that was my career. You know, yeah, I, I was a musician. I was a touring musician um, occupationally. Um, I I'd like to think that I had a little bit more to offer that 
on a personal level. Sure, sure, <laughs> you know, but, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I was very much that was that was my career, um, and I got paid to do the best job in the world, you know. And I I had a different outlook on as to why I believe that was the best job in the world than most other people in that industry. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it was it was an amazing time for me, you know. Just I mean, like the the amount of growth I was able to achieve as a person, and that's one of the things that drives me you know, so nuts about social media now. And when I see people arguing, you know, one another's points and not, not, not having a debate, not having, you know, like, a, Oh, no, I understand where you're coming war. from. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, you guys haven't left. You've never been out of your city. You know, you've never been out of your state. You've never been across the country. You've never been around the world. And you, you've never been face to face with people to be able to have a sit down conversation where you're able to, you're, you're able to, have impressions left on you by just the inflection in their voice, which is completely lost through right. any text-based medium, you right. know? And I, like, I, I was grateful for, like, all of that stuff. So I, I, while I consider myself occupationally a musician, I would like to think that I grew and I have more to offer, especially during that time, um, than just that label. Well, and, and it's a good point because we get into sort of this mindset that social media connects us. Mm-hmm but it connects us without necessarily giving us much perspective because we don't, yeah. we can't walk a mile in another person's shoes if we've never been there, if I, we've yeah. never actually traveled. So that was an opportunity for you to travel. That was an opportunity for you to perform, to interact with people. You mm -hmm. strike me as a very social person. And so being able to go out there and meet hundreds of people, thousands of people at different shows and concerts and stuff yeah. was probably really good for you in terms of, uh, growing your perspective. Yeah, it was it was fantastic and humbling me. Yeah, because uh, up until that point, I, I studied Taoism years ago, and that really kind of centered me because it, it allowed me to to not just understand that you know I'm I'm nothing in comparison to the overall scheme of things, but also that I am something because my actions and my behavior directly impact those around me. Mm -hmm. And while that time planted the seeds of of that thought process being on the road and experiencing all these different people all these different cultures all these different mindsets and and points of view that really allowed those seeds to flourish and it allowed who i eventually was supposed to become to come to fruition you know so it's i i'm i, I don't know i'm just like I, i'm grateful and it, it bugs me like i wish i could just plug my head directly into other people's heads so we could just share thoughts and you know eventually Get that hive mind and get everybody on the same. Well, or at least Vulcan mind meld with them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like here, actually get some perspective. Yeah, I've tried to go up and put my hands on people's faces and <laughs> do not care for it. They do not care for it. It's or they shocking. don't even know what I'm referencing. What are hands for then? If we like, can't just walk up to people, do you and... not know what a Vulcan mind meld is? Am <laughs> yes. I the only person around now? Oh, it's depressing. I just like, oh man, the the, the visualization yeah, just kicked in, and I just see. No, like, no, no. Let me help you understand. Yeah, just a camera, a camera, and footage spliced just to see the reaction of each yeah. of the individuals that you're doing this to, and it's one right after another. I think that would make for a good show. Actually, let's work on that afterwards. Yes, it's just a good idea for a show we're going to pitch in BBI. Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. Terrible business ideas. <laughs> uh, so that has probably helped you quite a bit as a visual artist. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, so you went to college. Uh, mm -hmm. You were originally going to go for art, commercial uh, art. Yeah. Commercial art. Uh, life had other plans. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> and you eventually became a musician, a touring musician. Yes. Um, and now you're back to uh, being an artist. So you tried the corporate world, from what I understand, mm-hmm. for like an hour? Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was about four years, yeah. I still dabble in it. Yeah. Uh, because there's, I don't know, there's a stability in there that, you know, you can't deny. That is the trade-off, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're I don't want to say selling your soul, but because there are circumstances No, you can where say that because can, that what you're, that's what you're doing. Okay, yeah. thank like, you for that. <laughs> uh, you're selling your soul in exchange for that stability. Yeah, and I, I always hearken back to uh, Fight Club about that, about, you know, like we, we work for to buy things that we don't need to keep us occupied until we can go back to work, until we right. die, you know. And I, not, I mean, not to bum anybody out out there, you know, if they weren't ready for that much reality at nine or seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning on a Monday. Um, well, if you're not too bad, you're going to get it. Yeah, that's that's what we bring to the table here. So, well, let me ask you that because I noticed um, looking at your Instagram uh, is you're experimenting a lot more with your with your art, with your subjects, mm-hmm. with what you're you're drawing. Where does that come from? Where does that come that need for exploration and trying new things? Uh, where does that come from for you? That is an inherent fear in my inability to truly embrace my mortality <laughs> because and I know it's like that's a long way to go back to the the root of the question or the answer, I should say. Um, but I find that um, when I when I don't challenge myself and I don't constantly push myself out of my comfort zone, when I become comfortable, I notice that life it has much less luster mm-hmm. and I, for me, I love my couch, but I dare not spend more than maybe two hours a night on it with my girlfriend so that, you know, I can just kind of relax at the end of the night. But it, like it, sitting any place comfortable drives me crazy because it means that I'm, I'm not growing and there's no growth in comfort. There's, there's only, you know, solidification, you know, and I, I've just learned that for myself, the more productive I am, the happier I am. And I find that the way to incite productivity is to challenge myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's just something about just beating the heck out of myself, constantly doing things that I've never done before or that I'm, I'm terrified of doing. Um, that pushes me to the next level because I'm, I'm knocking out those hurdles of fear. I'm knocking out that, that insecurity and you know, that, it's bringing light into a dark room mm-hmm. and that's allowing me to understand that, oh you're not you're not gonna die if you don't do this correctly you know but it, there's so much to be gained in just the process even if you want to set fire to what it is that you have at the end of the process right, right, right. you might hate it but yeah. at least you're so let me ask you uh, a couple things about that so you do uh share a lot on instagram in terms of your works in progress mm-hmm. and things like that are you sharing everything? Is that sort of a way to keep you honest in terms of making sure that you follow through with that stuff? So you're kind of showing this, you're, you're, you're showing this and you're saying, I'm going to finish this. Mm-hmm. And to an extent by doing that, it's keeping you on target and on task. It's, it's interesting that you, you recognize that part of the psychology. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's pretty much exactly initially. That's why that started where I would show a sketch or I would show just like a preliminary idea, color yeah. comp or something like that. It was, I was specifically putting that onto a public forum so that I would be held accountable because I, I don't like, I'm, I'm terrified of being jettisoned from the tribe for not performing properly or for being, you know, a, a drag. Um, so, I mean, initially I would put sketches out just to kind of like, you know, as initiative to, to get me 
to follow through. But now what I'm learning is people enjoy the process. People enjoy mm-hmm. seeing the stages because they're you look at artists online and the majority of them, they just post a finished piece. You know, it's like, look how good this is. You know, it's this beautiful piece and you're, you're left to, you know, to what they're looking at is at a, it added as a portfolio Yeah, where you may not want to show the process, right. Or they're secretive about the process maybe. But I I feel like sharing the process goes into, uh, it allows people to see the ugly stages of whatever it is you're doing, the drawing of the painting. And it's, I feel like from that aspect, you, people can take that and they're naturally going to translate into other aspects of their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this was this looked totally different when it started, or this this was you know this was garbage when I first saw it on there, but now it's like this beautiful thing. And oh, where else can I apply that? And again, I I read so far into th- into things um, because I like to see the potentiality in things. I like sure. to see the benefit in any kind of situation that I can possibly derive from it. And I feel like from what I do, my my measly little existence on this planet, like that's a strong point that I've learned that I have is I like communication and I'm willing to bear my soul to the world if it means that I can make a change in somebody else's life and allow them to kind of get a leg up in whatever it is they're trying to do. You know, I, I didn't I, I I'm earning my keep in that aspect, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not here for a free ride. I'm here to find out why I'm here. And I'm here to do the best job I can to allow other people to kind of find that in themselves as well. So if you can help by showing the process or you can help by showing them that they're, uh, there's a way to do the things maybe they're envisioning in their head. When you break down the mystery and things like that, yeah. then you uh, effectively assist in breaking down people's fears about engaging in those things themselves. So, you know, like if somebody's, oh, I, you know, I, I don't, I want to, I have so many people say, I used to draw or, you know, I draw every once in a while or something like that. And my answer back is, well, just draw more, just do more. And I'm hoping that by showing the process, people go, oh, it's not that big of a step from here to here. Or, oh, I, now I see how he did this because that's what helped me get to that point is I was, mm-hmm. I would watch people's processes. And in a lot of senses, as an artist, as someone I consider to be an artist, um, there's more value in the process than there is the end result for me because I'm able to, to take that and utilize it in my own personal way when you always get better at something when you teach it right yeah because you're constantly you know hopefully you want that to be the case because right. you want people to be able to, to sort through what it is that they're offering instead of just you know ending up in the zombie mode and just regurgitating the same thing the over same. and over again yeah so let me ask you this having experienced having gone through uh a couple of different iterations of an artistic life Right, like music, and and now in, in visual arts mm-hmm. uh, again to a certain extent, yeah, yeah. Uh, to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll... What would you? What advice would you give somebody coming out of high school or somebody that is like, oh, I used to draw, mm-hmm. um, but specifically as far as education goes, because I think there's this there's this idea in in people's heads that they're, oh no, no you're going to be a starving artist, right? Like mm-hmm. if you try to go out and do this, and to me, there's never been a better time to be a visual artist because you can share your work much more easily. Um, yeah. or, or I could be wrong. It might be that there's so much competition now that you can't uh, really uh, go out there and do it. So what, what advice would you give somebody? I would, I mean, it depends on what your end goal is. If, uh, if you're looking to pursue a career in art, the first thing I would say would be, you know, I mean, like there's education and continued education is so important. We can never stop challenging ourselves. We can never stop absorbing information. 
Um, and as artists, I think if we ever reach a point to where we're like, no, that's good. I don't need to learn anything more. Like we just need to take ourselves out of the gene pool at that point because we're, we're not going to ex expand. Um, the only advice I can say is just learn as much as possible. Don't ever be too good to pursue something. Don't ever look at a style. And even if it doesn't translate to you, don't dismiss it because you have to understand that the art is our individual perception of the world that we exist in. And if we all share the same world, but all have different points of view on that world, then that means that there's a never ending resource of learning there, even just talking to another person, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, learn everything you can and learn about form, learn about lighting, learn about, you know, anatomy of anything, not just people, but of animals, of machinery. Um, and eventually you're going to learn that, like there's there's so much interconnectivity between everything that I think the fear of success is going to leave you, you know, because you you learn not to put so much precedence on uh, I'm going to starve or I'm going to be a millionaire, right, you right. know. And it's like mo most artists aren't the even like the, the the paintings that go for millions of dollars. Most of those artists didn't achieve that until after they were way dead. So just let that go right out of the box, you know. If you can if you can find a way to creatively uh, pay your bills, then that's where you should be focused on, mm. you know, figure out what your bills are on a month, a monthly basis and figure out how much money you have to cover those with, and then do what you can to make that money. But I mean, if you're just coming out of school and also throw your expectations out the window, you know, there's like, you have to work for everything just because you have a degree doesn't mean that you're automatically oh, sure, like sure, yeah. in a position to where you're going to get the job you want for the amount of money you want. Right. There's going to be grunt work and you, you have to, you have to take a step back and you have to understand that like we're all competing to, you know, to uh, on some level with one another. So you're never just going to be able to walk into a place and just get what you want. So expect to work. Well, and expect to, you have to put in those 10,000 hours, right? Before yeah. you're good at anything in 10,000 hours is just a, that's a Malcolm Gladwell thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's accurate in terms of exactly how many hours you're supposed to put in, but you have to, you have to do the work. I think right? now the, the range of technology and how fast people are learning uh, and how immediate any kind of information you need is readily sure. available. I, I think that that 10,000 hours can be diminished greatly because oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 But then the counter to that is there's so much going on in comparison to when that whole idea was brought into place. How do you break through the noise? It might actually be 20,000 hours now because there's so much else going on that right. we're distracted. So yeah. Yeah. Buck oh, that, that's something else I can say is, you know, forget your social life for a few years, you know, and I know they're important years of, you know, cause like you're, you get your youth and this and that, yeah. your friends, your friends aren't going to pay your bills for you. Your friends are going to help you grow as, as a, an individual or as an artist. So you really have to like buckle down and, and be, become a hermit to some think, extent. Yeah. That was a good point that, uh, I had some classical musicians on that were making that point that you're not going to afford, be able to afford to go out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're going to be at home practicing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? So you're going to get better just because you're forced to, you're stuck yeah. at home, right? Like you're going to be painting or you're going to be drawing, or mm -hmm. you're going to be doing something on the computer or you're going to be practicing your instrument. Yeah. So. Yeah, keep yeah. your head down and work because, I mean, the opportunity, if the opportunities are going to come, they're going to come regardless of whether or not you're out partying because they're based off of the work that you're providing. Right. You know, so I, I shouldn't say regardless of whether you're not. If you're partying, they're not going to come. You know, that's it, a good point. Yeah. So sit down Unless and do the work. Unless your art is partying. Then 
best of both worlds. Because you can't spell party <laughs> without art. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, it, it makes me think of Slurms McKenzie from Futurama. <laughs> I think that's yes. what I was going for. Yeah. All right. So let's listen to another song. Robo, thank you so much. And uh, we're at the end of the first hour already. Oh, it goes by so fast. It's so fast yeah. when you have a wonderful guest like yourself. Oh. And I, a wonderful I, interviewer like myself. I, that's the nicest thing I've heard all day. Oh, thank good. You. That's because you just got up uh, like a little while ago. So let's hear from, how about some Fratellis with Shameless? Because Halloween's tomorrow, and let's face it, there's going to be some shamelessness yes. out there. Uh, you're going to hear that on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. The Pack AD on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was making gestures from their funeral mixtape. So that's a Halloween thing right there. Well, that's a little more dark than I wanted to go. Before the break, the Fratellis with Shameless from their album, Here We Stand. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here with Robo Ono. Robo, Hello, Nick. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Hello, everyone. And we are, uh, you're listening to a certain degree. We do this every Monday, uh, or I do this every Monday. Robo may be here again next Monday. Uh, I doubt it. I that, doubt it. It's a, little, it's a little early for him. Uh, Co-host takeover. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. You could just, yeah. Anytime I want to be out, you can just take over. Don't never give me especially that liberty. Don't don't ever <laughs> extend that. <laughs> well, uh, you may never want to come here again because do you know what time it is? Uh, it's time for. I should have had a clever answer. For that. Bad business ideas. Oh, sweet. <laughs> bad business ideas. It's time to be just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone, so come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. It's like watching a movie but not being able to guess the ending the or the plot or why you're watching it. The lyrics are so good. It's so good. They're so good. Uh, speaking of movies, October yes. 30th. Uh, tomorrow is All Hallows' Eve and your birthday. Indeed. Happy birthday. Secondary. Very so secondary. Thank this you. This is, uh, and I guess... It's All Hallows Day on November 1st. I don't really know. I don't. I think we lost kind of the the reason for the season in this case. Yeah, we're not other doing much than trick or treating. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is horror movie season, mm -hmm. so we just saw it this weekend where Saw came out and uh, was number one at the box office. It came out earlier this year. Mm -hmm. uh, did you see that one? I have yet to see that. It's it's That's pretty good. It's pretty I, good. I have every intention of seeing it in the theater, but I I just you're a horror movie fan. I, I love horror movies, yes. That is fantastic, because what I'm going to do, before we get to your bad business ideas, mm. I've got a bad movie idea for you. Oh, And okay. it's a horror movie. Okay. So what's the hallmark of every good horror movie? Uh, you, the you, one thing you have to have? You need uh, a, a seemingly uh, invincible uh, antagonist to be chasing you down. That's and, exactly <laughs> right. You need that awesome villain. Yeah. And as you know, we sometimes recycle that villain. That villain comes back a million times, like Saw. Yeah. I think the the bad guy from Saw died in the second movie, and they made seven more since, or yeah. however many it is. Yeah, you've got to, yeah. <laughs> so Jason's come back a million times, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's usually the same, they're in the same area, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Freddy has the Elm Street area, uh, even though Jason came back and he may have gone to Manhattan and he may have gotten to space <laughs> and all that other stuff, his heart lies at camp, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. 
I almost said Camp David, but wherever he's from. And they keep, so this unstoppable killer, right? So this is our movie. I mean, you, you ready? Mm -hmm. This unstoppable killer. The government finally figures it out. And they say, okay, we have this unstoppable killer. Let's, let's not let people go there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but then the killer just gets madder and madder. So they realize they have to satiate, satiate, satiate him. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so what this executive this kind of slimy executive comes up, maybe Paul Reiser, because he did so well in alien two, uh, comes <laughs> up and says, you know what? And also in stranger things, uh, season two, Paul Reiser, bad guy. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Paul Reiser is <laughs> in this movie, in the show. Uh, so they basically set up uh, a border around it. And they put in criminals and they broadcast this. It becomes our reality TV show of the future. Okay. Where you have a Jason-like uh, killer killing inmates and condemned people and things along that mm. nature. But it's not that movie. It's not going to be like a reflection on reality TV or, you know, the, 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 uh, the executive getting his comeuppance for doing this in the first place. It's going to be a buddy comedy. So here's what I'm thinking, <laughs> sort of a casting. I'm going to go ahead and cast it early. I don't usually like to cast my movies early. I'll be honest with you. Okay. The Rock and, of course, Kevin Hart. You're going to be a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. So The Rock is playing the villain. Kevin Hart plays his first friend. So he's okay. never had a friend before. And now they're going to go on a road trip. Okay. So Kevin Hart somehow helps him escape. So maybe Kevin Hart works at the facility and... Uh, uh, the Rock's, uh, the character, the killer gets out uh, and he remembers, the Rock does, what it means to live for the kill rather than kill to live. That's okay. the message in yeah. all of this. All right. yeah. yeah. Now, uh, so what they're going to do, there's just, I yeah, just kind of sketched out a couple of scenes. So obviously he's going to need some clothes. The Rock is going to need some new clothes. Uh, so they go and they do a makeover. And so he gets some nice clothes, and Kevin Hart's happy, and he tries to put his machete in his pocket. And it doesn't really work. Rips through. And, yeah. Oh. And Kevin Hart says something like, just happy to see me, huh? Uh. And then everybody <laughs>, laughs, and then The Rock kills everybody who laughs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to envision the score yeah. that would accompany this. Yeah. Uh, oh, it would be really good. Yeah, yeah. I think we got to get John Carpenter on that one. Uh, if he's still alive. Is he still alive? Uh, no. No. Oh, darn it. Okay. So whoever the next John Carpenter is. Uh, so now Rock needs to help Kevin because obviously if you're going to have a buddy comedy, they have to help each other. Mm. So Kevin has trouble meeting women. So he goes on Tinder and the Rock helps him because who better to know how to get women or whatever you're interested in than the Rock who's seen many, many people hook up right before he murders them. Oh, we're not going to breach the fourth wall and bring his actual character in real life into play here where he... Which character? The the character where he's super buff. The the, the Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. We're going to bring him into play. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then uh, eventually The Rock has to go back. Uh, but really, he's he's not only learned about himself, he teaches Kevin Hart a lot. Mm -hmm. That sometimes you have to take your mask off if you're ever going to really connect with anybody. <laughs> Whether you killed him or not. And then The Rock murders Kevin Hart. Did you just spoil your own movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm setting up the sequel. There's going to be a sequel. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be more of a Thelma and Louise sequel. That's actually a really good idea. Why don't we just, instead of The Rock and Kevin Hart, we'll get, uh, who's the, um, uh, oh gosh, the the main comedian from SNL now. I can't remember. She plays Hillary and stuff like that. We'll get her and somebody else. And, oh, and I'm, like I'm Kristen Wiig. I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen SNL in years. Oh, uh, okay. But, but also, you just said that that was a good idea. 
for Darn it, so that is a good idea. If history okay, dictates, it. you're not going to have a place for it here. Forget so. it. <laughs> All right, let's get to your ideas. Robo Ono, may I call you Robo Ono? You may. Thank you. Great. <laughs> what are some elements of losing weight in a healthy manner? Um, The proper way? Yeah. D- dietary exercise. Eating better. Positive mental attitude. Getting some rest on yeah, occasion. Definitely rest. Rest yeah, is yeah, yeah. very important. What if that doesn't work for you? Or more importantly, you're too lazy and und- <laughs> undisciplined to do it that way. Uh, I think there's pills for that. There are pills. There are fad diets. And guess who has one of those? The Rock. No, we do. Oh, okay, we do. Yeah, yeah. Too. I think The Rock does as well. <laughs> Sorry, Rock, don't murder us. No, yes. He's a big listener. Until so. the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, so specifically... One that will affect you for a good chunk of time during the day because it's focused at your work. Okay. So Weight Boss, our new organization, will be part staffing service, part nutritional therapy. How do we do it? By matching employees with the types of managers that stress them out the most. (laughs) So that way, no appetite, no sense of self-worth, no satisfaction of the stuff that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, but mainly no appetite. Have you heard of stress eating? I, I don't know. I have not. Let's okay. just assume right, that's not. <laughs> Let's do a quick role play to see how this would work. I'll play Dwayne Johnson, okay. one of the consultants at Weight Boss. Right. And you can be Mitch Buchanan, an employee at the People's Eyebrow Corporation, which maybe they make wax. Let's just okay. assume that is. It's really not important. It's all strange now anyway. They're doing I don't know why you're getting so focused on what the company should be doing. This is just a quick role play. I apologize. I'm yeah. carrying it away. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Mitch yes. and Dwayne. Okay. Uh, hey. Great. Well, Mitch, so uh, thank you for meeting with me. According to this, you want to lose about 30 pounds just in time for bathing suit season. That's great. And uh, with the waxing products that you offer, you're going to look amazing. So we got to find the manager that's best suited for you. So we're going to go through some questions here. Are you ready? I I am, Dwayne. Thank you. Okay, great. And it's not uh, the quicker the dead. You could just say yes or no. Okay. Uh, Do you like to be micromanaged? Uh, no. Fantastic. That's great. Which do you find more aggravating when I talk to you like in this voice or when I'm yelling like this? I actually find yelling more palatable. Okay. So quiet voice. Got it. Uh, how much do you like vacation and spending time with your family? Love it. Oh, great. Yes, yeah. Great. You're not going to be doing that. <laughs> um, someone that insists you come in at a certain time, but they come in later and leave earlier than you. How does that make you feel? Oh, hypocrisy is the bane of my existence. Great. So that's a pet peeve. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. When you do something wrong, do you be, do you prefer to be told about it right away uh, or later, but in a very passive-aggressive manner? I find the latter to be oh, it's the things nightmares are made of. Great, yeah. <laughs> great. How reasonable do you like your expectations on a scale from 1 to 17? Um, I, I like to think I make a difference. Okay. So, yeah. Perfect. Let me just tally up the score here, some search parameters. Of course, we have a, uh, you know, a proprietary algorithm that we're going to use. Uh, we're going to go with someone younger, less experienced with you than you. Uh, we find that that really helps with things. Uh, yep. Uh, here we go. Mr. Hobbs. You're going to hate him. Awesome. How wonderful. And scene. All right. I, 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 in real life, I feel like I've lost three pounds already. <laughs> so that's weight boss. Yes. <laughs> so uh, any questions on that before we move on to your second choice? That was just the first one. That was the one. first choice. That right, was I, just the first bad business I, idea. I may need another song before we hit the second one just <laughs> for recovery time. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, it sounds like you haven't had much time to do this, but do you remember binge washing things? Uh, I still do from time to time. Okay. Yeah. 
And it takes up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some downsides, obviously. Some shows have a lot of filler. Like if you go back and you try to watch, um, you know, some of the older shows, there are 26 episodes per season. Doesn't that seem like archaic now? Yeah. Like how it's... did they do 26 uh, episodes? Well, a lot of filler. Yeah. Right. Uh, there are some things that are inappropriate for the maturity levels of the viewers. Sometimes it's too short. Stranger Things. Great show. Yeah. It's only a few episodes. How do I, I extend that out? I have a solution. I'm sure you do. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> I am I feel like I am. Okay. Let's see if we are saying or thinking the same things at the same time. We'll give our answers at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. On demand filtration system. Yes. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sandwiches are actually a really good idea. (laughs) So I guess what you're thinking is you get up during the parts that are inappropriate, you would get up and make a grilled cheese sandwich. There you go. Yeah. So this is the opposite of weight boss because you're going to put on a lot of weight. But I feel like they could be sister companies because one (laughs) would exist with, you know, and and flourish with the existence of the other. No, I like it. I like it. Uh, What I was thinking is more of a streaming filter. So the idea is that you would go in there and program the things you do or don't want to see okay. and then would cut it out. So, for example, cut out all the language and the naughty bits. Uh, you could maybe you're into the character development parts only. You don't care about the big fight scenes and any of that. Mm-hmm. You just want to see how the character, one character progresses through the entire series. Like Jack on Lost. All you want to see is just all the Jack scenes. Mm-hmm. We could do that. You just set it up and it would do that for you. Uh, it's like coupling the Facebook like dislike thing yeah, with exactly. uh, trigger warnings. Yeah. yeah, or maybe you hate the character development and all you want to see is the fight scenes. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it. Uh, some shows I've had a lot of trouble getting into. So, for example, The Wire and Breaking Bad. I've tried starting both of those like fifteen times, mm-hmm. and I just it doesn't hit. But what if I could edit that down or have it edited down for me through this filtration system? An entire so, season in fifteen minutes. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the entire show run in, you know, two and a half hours. Uh, yeah. I have 47 minutes to kill. Uh, I want to catch up on uh, Cheers. Impress me. Go. <laughs> and that'll do it. Uh, and, you know, maybe you just have the jokes because, you know, there's some episodes that have touching moments as well. Yeah. You don't uh, lose those. Vice versa. You want just that I had a bad day. I just want to cry for an hour. Give me all the sad parts of Grey's Anatomy which would basically just be all of Grey's Anatomy. And you're willing to sacrifice character building and story I don't care about that. I just want to cry. Yeah. (laughs) And actually, so the name for this one is Dreamstream. Okay. Uh, And then the tagline would be Binge Benefits. Oh, nice. I like that. You're so clever with these. I I have a thing. It's like a disease. Is it a tumor? It's It's not a tumor. It's very much like a a tumor. Uh, So Dreamstream. Or weight boss. It is the decision is in your hands. I've set this oh. this delightful meal in front of you. You have to pick one of the entrees. It, you already had the appetizer, and you can have the dessert, which is not cobbler, by the way. Well, okay, thankful, thankfully, yep. I appreciate that effort. Um, well, in <laughs> it, with my dislike for hypocrisy, as mm-hmm. I previously stated, and my fear of obtaining too much of a comfort level. I fear that the latter would create too much comfort because not only are you going to be sitting binge watching, but you're going to be encouraged to binge watch mm-hmm. and then the work is going to be done even more so for you. Uh, and I don't see that really benefiting you in the long run as far as quality of life is so concerned. So you think it's just going to make more zombies? Yeah. Oh, 
without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. And, I like and that. In that aspect, I'd have to go back to dead on the zombie side. <laughs> okay. To keep them dead. But so no zombie. Yeah. Um, and as far as your initial proposal, I like that because I feel like constant state of change mm-hmm. and endorphin rushes are Whoa, so many endorphins yeah it's important towards growth and and your your positive outlook on life and i feel so like much. that's just gonna lead to other growth yeah and, and benefits and, and other so people's much lives anger yeah and and yeah just think about all like you can get all those dispelled aggressions out you know just get get them out of you you know instead of letting them sit there and fester and just oh you're you know. thinking i'm gonna get i'm gonna take them out at work <laughs> i'm gonna well, take them out when i get home with, with it, you might be too tired to take them out when you get home. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So just Which, if you, again, could couple the companies as sister companies, you could have one to kind of alleviate the tensions of the other. Oh, so I just get home and I could just watch uh, whatever I wanted, just and all the jokes. Then as a business owner, a dual business owner, you've got the client's attention from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. So we just have to figure out after they go to bed, how do we get their attention then? So in this case, two wrongs do make a right because two bad ideas actually make a I like good it. One. You're combining them. Uh, you're obviously very imaginative. You've, <laughs> you will run this, this new combined company very well. So I'd like to see a business plan Thursday. Is that too soon? I'll get it to you Wednesday. <laughs> okay, great. I might like not your, be very good. But I like your be, moxie. Yeah. <laughs> I like your moxie, kid. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Robo. And we're going to come back. We're going to talk about music. We have a a scary quiz coming up. Oh. And, uh, yeah, then we'll get on out of here. Is it scary because I didn't study? I'll free you back into the world. No, it's scary because it's Halloween theme. So I I took some fears, uh, some common fears, and uh, looked at what was happening in current events around this fear. There's plenty to be terrified by. There is some horrible, horrible things. Uh, going on. So let's hear some Cold War Kids. This is Hang Me Up to Dry. Is that a, you would say? Yeah. That's Hang pretty. Me Up to Dry. If we focus on the, the, the initial intent. Yeah. Hang Me dry. Up before I dry, dry. No. Is that, not that is close. Okay. Yeah. That is close. <laughs> that's all right, George now. Michael. And so we'll hear that on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Well, why it's up your eyes? The Cold War Kids on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Hang Me Up to Dry. What a lovely voice that guy has. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, him, yeah. But you both, yeah. Robbers and Cowards was the name of the album that that's from. So that might be a little bit of Halloween inspiration for your uh, costume tomorrow. Or a commentary on politics. Could uh, be. One of the, Could be. Yeah. Could be. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. I'm here with Robo Ono. Hello. Good morning, Robo. Once again, thank you for being here. Robo Ono uh, can find you on Instagram, can find you on Facebook, mm-hmm. can find you on your website, and it's R-O-B-O. Yes. O-H-N-O, because you're about symmetry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how the name came about to begin with and it's all tied in but it's a long drawn out story that nobody but myself cares about so. okay <laughs> mm-hmm. all right yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be like that fine yeah <laughs> uh so you're a visual artist now uh you were a musician for a while as well i was just curious about uh music and your interaction with music um so we were just talking offline a little bit about what you listen to when you paint and and when you do uh you know your your artist work and your uh commissions and things like mm-hmm. that I was curious, though, uh, after being a musician and a touring musician for so long, do you consume music? Do you listen to music differently now than you did when you were younger? 
or when you were even on the road? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always looked at it differently than I think a lot of my, my peers did on tour. I mean, for them, it was a way of life. And for me, it was just like a thing that allowed me to live my life. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense. It's just like, I never wanted to be a musician. I always wanted to be an artist and it's just life turns out differently sometimes than we, you know, than we'd like it to. Um, but music has always just been a tool to help get me into the mindset of what I, where I need to be in order to do what it is I'm trying to do at the time. So when you're uh, painting, for example, or when you're doing something on the computer, cause you do, you know, you do a lot of mixed media, you're going to be scanning stuff in and maybe, uh, uh, doing stuff after mm -hmm. uh, you, you scan it in as far as computer-aided design goes. Digital um, inking, digital Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember the word digital. Yeah. I'm looking at my fingers right yeah. now. I can't remember <laughs> the word digital. Uh, so what are you listening to then, and when does music come in versus something else? Usually, I've with, especially within like the past five, six years, I've really embraced podcasting because I, I feel like I, I'm – as terrible as I am at multitasking, I'm constantly trying to find a way to force it into my life. And I feel like if I keep the one side of my brain occupied by learning mm -hmm. that, you know, even in the background, picking up bits and pieces here and there, it allows my the artistic side to just focus on doing that thing, just giving the, the one side of medial tasks so that the other can, not that I'm calling your show medial by by any oh everybody does. imagination i mean <laughs> i'm gonna put that on the reviews like that's the, that's possibly the highest praise i've gotten so far uh today Robo, I mean, yeah, so, yeah. medial, medial. <laughs> at best so yeah so it's like um depending on the application of what i'm doing whether it's corporate graphic design or or you know, commissioned artwork or something for myself or the inktober stuff that i've been doing lately I, I, it's all do I want to feel intense about this? Because if it's if it's from a corporate standpoint, you, you know, I kind of want it to stay balanced. I don't want to ha let my emotions uh, control the artwork. I want to mm -hmm. be, you, especially um, working in some of the stuff I do is in the nutrition industry. So like you have to have this clinical mindset. It's got to be sterile. You have to have the FDA in the back of your mind at all times and make sure that, you know, this guideline isn't, you know, it, it isn't straight away from and that kind of stuff. So gotcha, gotcha. you you don't want to be overstimulated in those kind of situations because, you know, it, it's it's just going to reflect in your work. Whereas so it's not I'm, EDM when you're working on that stuff. No, you'd be surprised. Sometimes it is uh, oh, okay. the, the value I found in EDM and like dubstep and things like that is that it is so mechanical that it doesn't, oh, it just sort of that driving beat helps. It's just yeah. driving, and it doesn't it doesn't elicit a, an emotional response. And I I found that the hard way because I was trying to you know I listen to anything I can get my hands on. So I'd have my playlist on on shuffle, and then Pink Floyd would come on, and I'd find myself especially like some of the darker stuff. I'd yeah. find it would directly impact my energy level gotcha. during a project. And so the quick way around that is just get something that's droning and mindless, and just caters to the the you know your lowest common baser instincts which is you know to tribal drums you know? yeah it's taking that part of your brain up so yeah. the rest of your brain is and free to do what it needs to do exactly yeah. and essentially just creating a rhythm for yourself as a solid foundation to keep the energy level up but not be emotionally derivative from what it is that you're trying to produce um so you know it's it basically like if i'm doing this work then this mm -hmm. music comes into play or if i'm doing this work then this audio book or or podcast comes into play because yeah, I, I can couple it with the project that I'm doing. 
Very neat. And I think it's interesting, too, because I can't, you know, most of the stuff that I do, whether it's creative or whether it's corporate, is going to be around writing. It's going to be about communication. Mm -hmm. I'm sending an email about something we need to do or I'm planning something that we uh, is coming up, whether it's an event series or something like that. Yeah. So I can't listen to podcasts when I'm doing that because I can't do both mm -hmm. at the same time. Uh, so it is just music for me, but uh, maybe there's an element there that I need to do a little more artistically in order to listen to the podcast and consume them in that way. Because it sounds like mm -hmm. it's working for you. So you're still you're still hearing them. You're still getting the information. You're still doing all that mm -hmm. while you're doing the other thing. And it's helping, again, sort of that, the the split in the two things uh, or your focuses where they need to be. Right? Yeah, and I, I've, I've get, I gained an appreciation for that years ago. Uh, one of my guitar players at one point said that he envied what it was that I did because on the bus I would do graphic design for the bus. I'd be doing the T-shirts or you yeah. know, the collateral CD covers, that kind of stuff. And he said that one of the things that he envied about what I did was that I could listen to music while I did what I did, whereas he was kind of the producer and like he, he was tracking the album while we were on tour. And so he couldn't listen to music because he was working on music. All he could do and yeah, was listen to that's music. That's all. Yeah. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. And for me, and that, that really kind of sent it home for me. I was like, oh, wow, you know, this is not just fun for me, but I'm in an enviable position as far as artists go. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but, but I, that's, that's a rare situation because I was able to experience it on both sides. Right. So, so let me ask you this, because there is something to be said of if you're, if you're doing your thing all day, every day, and it's not a corporate or it's not a, a commission work because there you're getting pretty direct feedback, right? Yeah. Uh, so some of the other things that you do, uh, how do you, or who do you go to, to get feedback, to get a uh, sort of a critique of what you're doing? Is this the right direction? Is there a group of friends that you have? Do you go and put it out on Instagram and see what the reaction is? Do you go to shows? Because you do shows mm -hmm. as well and sell some of your work there and see what sells. Yeah, from an individual standpoint, from my own stuff, the market speaks. You know, and I, of course, I hate tying the whole concept of the market to anything artistic, but that's that's the game. That's mm -hmm. what we're doing here. It's like you're not, you're not here for free. You're not here to make friends. It's like we're here trying to make a living off of things that we enjoy doing so i mean people will let me know if because i mean i do a piece and i think it's the greatest thing i've ever done or there's so much of me in it and i can see the storyline but then somebody comes up and looks at it and goes oh that's that's cool that's a robot or that's a bird or that's this like no no it's so much more than that you don't get it you know so <laughs> so it's I, that right there uh, kind of guides me to how i should refine what it is i do on that level whereas from a corporate outlet you know, you've got design briefs and you've got revisions and you've got meetings and you've got people telling you directly, like, this is the flow of the market and this is what we're trying to achieve over right, this right, amount right. of time. So, um, but I feel being able to bounce back and forth between the two artistically is, is super beneficial to me because it, it allows me to have well-roundedness in what it is that I do. And I can take the things that I learn from a corporate standpoint and I can directly implement them into the things that I do, at least from a marketing standpoint, for my own personal stuff. You know, whether it's interactivity on social media or if it's just presentation live at a show, it's like, how do I make myself stand out from this person? And, you know, I, I even break it down to like the, the psychology between colors from a marketing standpoint mm -hmm. and things like that. You know, it's like there's so much from both angles that can be integrated with one another to create like this, this hyper microcosm of my own world that I feel so good in, you know, so... <laughs> When you need that, I mean, that's just another learning opportunity, right? You're learning the context and mm -hmm. the uh, the perspective of advertising and marketing and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, while you you are creating art, you still have to you still have to be have a broad enough background in order to create something that's that's really appealing. Yeah, exactly. And so that's just another way to learn about another. And I would imagine music was like that too. So yeah. the ability to interact with people, not only interact with people through the music, but afterwards after the show and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but in doing the CD covers and in doing the T-shirts and and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, it yes. gave you a different perspective too. And from there was a lot of times where that kind of acted as a double-edged sword because not only am I putting my music out there, it's for people to judge and condemn, but I'm also throwing, putting my visual art side of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm essentially bearing my soul to the world and just, you know, it, it's, it creates, creates calluses, but it also creates humility, you know, which is, which is huge, especially if you want to be in a position where you feel like you're being validated for what it is you do for a living. Right. So how much of it is... Like if you see a piece isn't selling or you feel like it's not doing as well as you thought it would, how much of that is, uh, how, how, where are you as an artist where you're looking at it going, oh, I should never do this ever again. Or are you <laughs> thinking like, okay, that didn't work. That's yeah. interesting. How do I incorporate that? And how does that affect my next step? Yeah. The, the latter is definitely the position that I've learned to take over the years. Right. It, it used to, you know, if somebody didn't like my stuff or whether it was music or the art, I would definitely take it to heart. Um, but now I understand that it's, you, you need that kind of feedback. You need that, that negative feedback in order to, and you need to be able to process it properly mm -hmm. in order to grow and, and make the most of any of those situations, you know, cause it's like you, you can get stuck in your own ego and allow it to hold you back. You're so scared. You don't want to do anything or you can go, okay, this happened because this let's break it down and see how we can take all that knowledge that, that lies in there and apply it to, to create success for ourselves. So a big project for you that I think uh, you mentioned you want to work on is, uh, is an illustrated book. Oh yeah. 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 For, for myself. Yeah. And so as you're learning these things, what's holding you back from that besides the fact that it's, it's very time consuming, obviously it's going to take <laughs> a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of concentration and a lot of focused time in order to do this. Mm -hmm. Is it because you haven't done one yet? That, that's a big part of it. Yeah. I and mean, there's always like that initial hurdle of, of the, the fear of the unknown. But, right. but I, you constantly astound me at your ability to just see right through this, this thin veil of a personality and just call, like just hit the nail right on the head. But it, it really is uh, time management. Time yeah. management is my biggest problem, and it's it's because I don't take inventory of my schedule. I just I'm happy to take jobs, but then I notice that I I run into a deficit of time in order to you know finalize those jobs. And of course, like my personal stuff always takes a hit. Um, oh sure, but the the children's book is, I mean it it's self fulfilling it, you know from an ego standpoint because I feel like. I've learned all this great stuff through life and I, but I'm not going to have children. So I feel like I don't want to squander that information that I've learned, you know, so I should continue to earn my keep. And if there's less, kind of like in the, the, the vein of the el village elder type of mentality yeah. where we don't really have that anymore. We've got YouTube and we've got Facebook and stuff, but there, there's no, there's no village elders really anymore, you know? And if anything, I think that you know, is, is, is usually the case per, uh, per generation. The youth doesn't respect the the outlook of the elder. You know, now they're, they're kind of looked down upon because of, oh, you don't even know, like Facebook's for old people, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, no, man, Facebook is like the greatest tool that we could potentially have yeah. right now because it offers this this stable platform 
for people to communicate instantaneously, you know? And it's like, we're, we're just not using the tools properly. So I, I just feel like, you know, I just totally just lost my train of thought. Oh, there. no, 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 not at all. Uh, so I think that, I, I think where you're going with it is how do you find the time to do something like that? The the bigger project. Proper time management. Yeah. Or the uh, the thing that is daunting, right? I, yeah. I think that's the bigger part of it is that if something is really daunting, uh, it's really hard to take that first step. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And then once you take that first step, you know, you're committed to it. And then that becomes even more of an issue, like, because it's not paying you. Mm -hmm. You don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, it may become a thing you show one person. So how important is it to you or how, where, where does it fall in the priorities at that point? Oh, I think it's if you have and this kind of goes with the, the, the thought earlier about, you know, if I have any words of advice for people just coming out of school, mm -hmm. it's just do it. Just work. If it's something that you're interested in, it's a project based thing. Just get it done. Just do it. And, you know, it's funny because I'm sitting here saying that I haven't I haven't completed that task for myself yet. But that's kind of why I put that stuff on the social media It's like I'm right. I'm writing a verbal contract or a visual contract with all these people that acknowledge that I put this up there. Now I owe it to myself at least to follow through with that. You know, and that's, I, I think it comes down to like a question of professionalism and mm -hmm. uh, and maturity level that to be able to like, yeah, I know I have to do these things. I have to get myself to to sit down and focus on that stuff. So I, I think that time management is, is my biggest nemesis right now. And it's it's only because my brain is so all over the place and I'm like constantly doing, I'm just, from the time I get up, I get up. I have my little uh, caffeine amino acids and I sit down and I just start doodling until my brain wakes up and then I go and I do client work and then I stop and I take maybe like a 20 minute power nap and then I go right back to, and it's like from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. So it's not that the effort isn't there and it's not right. that like the, the passion for what I do isn't there. Right, right. It's just that I am, I am this, I need Ritalin, <laughs> you know, and it like not, not the actual pills, but just like some sort of discipline in order to to lock me down and go like we're on a schedule and that's what i loved about the music is because i paid somebody else to to babysit me basically you know? so right I yeah just, you're gonna be here you're gonna be at the radio yeah. station from here to here you're gonna be able to you're gonna signing autographs from here to here yeah. you're gonna be doing this i need a manager is table. Is. yeah, yeah. that's okay. it yeah all right so. bad business idea yeah, there you go. <laughs> the manager for the Etsy artist. For the ADD children of the, the 70s and 80s. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Well, let's hear another song. We're almost at the end here, so we're going to do the quiz coming up. You're listening to a certain degree. Robo Ono, my very special guest today. Honored to be here. Uh, social Distortion, when she begins. Nice. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. Social Distortion on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was when she begins. I'm going to stop saying the names of songs. Oh, okay. Okay. Robo forever Ono. or just Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Okay. Forever. Forever. That was a song <laughs> I just played. Oh, no, I'm doing it now with just regular words, too. Uh, yeah. Darn it. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I sometimes do, I can do visual gags. So I have to do like audio gags. You're gonna have to work on that. I feel like I really want to do a spit take. That's all. To get thirty percent of your audience growth is visual gags. Yeah. 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 That's there. where it's going. Yeah. Robo Ono, my very special guest, visual artist extraordinaire. 
Oh, and too kind. he is here for just a few more minutes. But if you want to check him out, uh, Instagram, RoboOno, RoboOno.com. That's R-O-B-O-O-H-N-O.com. Mm-hmm. Glad I could spell. But before you leave, it is your birthday tomorrow. So we got to do a pop quiz Shoot. about <laughs> Halloween. Right. So it, maybe we'll learn what Hallow's Day is or All Hallow's Day or any of that. Mm-hmm. And maybe we won't. So let's start with an easy question. Which one? Scary costume or racy costume? Which one do I prefer? Which one? Oh, scary costume. Okay, very good. Uh, so let's go with our first scary topic, identity theft, because oh, yeah. that's what everybody thinks of when they think Halloween. Yeah. After several high-profile hacks, Google is going to be offering a new way for their two-step authentication mm-hmm. uh, that's even stronger. And this is specifically for, like, politicians, executives, celebrities, uh, some of the people we have coming up on the show after us. Uh, like Professor Josh and Bess Auer, uh, those types of people, th- that level of people. Okay. Uh, what is one of the new steps you'll have to go through? Is it give blood in order to log in? <laughs> Will you have to answer embarrassing questions only you would know? Or would it be you would have to have a USB drive key in order to log into your stuff? Oh, I mean, if I was going to make an educated guess, I would have to say the USB key. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like a step back, right? Like yeah. from where we are in the in the future, like, we actually have to have a physical key in order to get into our stuff. I mean, I would think the blood test would be, I mean, that, that would be probably the best bet as far as Oh, security. I love that idea. But then yeah, you, you just stab your phone or then, the phone stabs you, I guess. Well, you run the risk then of people stealing your blood in order to steal your identity. I've which always been concerned about that. That never ends well. People stealing my blood. Uh, second scary topic, rats. Okay. Pretty frightening. Uh, on the Solomon Islands in the Pacific Ocean, a new species of rat has been discovered that is about four times the size of a normal rat. Without the tail, it's about two feet long. <laughs> awesome. What animal or animals would you like to expand or contract to four times the size? Uh, would you like to shrink giraffes into adorable pets and hedge trimmers? Sort of like a you know, Flintstones type of thing. <laughs> Utilitarian. I love it. Big dung beetles, just because it would be funny. <laughs> or giant deadly hummingbirds. Uh, what makes them deadly? Uh, the stabby portion oh, okay, of gotcha. the hummingbird. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just a, you know an overabundance of wind and kind of blows you into traffic, or yeah. if it was okay. Yeah. Either way, um, I mean that's a great idea as well. I I honestly I think um, the enlarged dung beetles because with uh, if you look at the you know, the Pacific right now you've got that massive you know, thing uh, of just garbage island out there. of garbage yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean that's that's happening all over the planet. Maybe they can just. Collect Roll it. it up for us, yeah. I mean, it frees up, you know, the, the utilities. So we don't need garbage trucks anymore. We can, you know, use those people elsewhere, maybe for humanitarian purposes. And we've got dung beetles cleaning up the city, so you don't have to worry about, you know, funding don't litter campaigns. And I mean, it could just save so much money and, and you know, help help us progress faster. I like it. I like it. And, uh, yeah, and then this is the first new species of rat that we've discovered in 80 years. And so, which begs the question is, who does study rats? <laughs> Ratologists? Yep, that's okay. <laughs> the one. Uh, third scary topic, aliens. Okay. Okay. Speaking of 80 years ago, 79 years ago today, we had a little radio play called War of the Worlds came out. Oh, Orson Welles. Freaked everybody out, or did it? Did it freak everyone out, or did it happen? Both. It did happen. Yes. It may or may not have freaked everybody out. There's a lot of going back and forth about whether or not it freaked everybody out. Okay. Okay. So you think it was the first one of the first urban legends? What do you think happened? 
A, did people really freak out? And just the, you know, us trying to write reports about, oh, did they really freak out is just another way to look at it 79 years later because we can't think of a new angle on it. Mm -hmm. Was it B, newspapers didn't like how radio was becoming more and more popular, so the newspapers tried to discredit radio by saying, this radio play freaked everybody out. Oh. Or was it C, there, were actually, there was actually an alien invasion, and they took over and were all aliens? Uh, C would explain so much, wouldn't it? Right. That's, I mean, I almost want to kind of say that just because I know in some alternate universe that's going to be the truth. <laughs> but uh, I'd have to go with B on this one. Uh, newspapers were probably trying yeah. to uh, freak people out. Yeah, I, I can I mean, go with that. That's consistent with so many different industries, that, you know, throughout human history. They just it's true. You know, say terrible things about Whatever other people. Whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it never happens these days, though. No, Fourth scary topic, our reliance on technology. A new cell phone from LG called the K7i is equipped with technology to repel mosquitoes and other pests. What else should we design cell phones to keep away from us? Is it A, clowns, B, zombies, or C, candy corn? Uh, I, I like candy corn, but I know so many people that despise it. So, I mean, if I'm going to do this for uh, unselfish reasons, I would say candy corn. Oh yeah, um, dude, we're doing everything for unselfish reasons. But this episode. Uh, I'll I'll say I'll say zombies. Okay, because I mean, maybe that'll clear the the traffic when I'm uh, on the highway during rush hour. Trying so, to yeah. escape. Yeah, <laughs> everybody will just move for me. I just like that idea that our, we're we're already so reliant on our cell phones that now you're gonna you, it's gonna be a mosquito repellent yeah. as well, which actually makes up for some of the the stupid apps that they come out with these days. It's, it's like, true. You know, That's it's, true. There's a little more functionality back to the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so if I could also put a little taser on it too for when people come up and I don't care for you. Yeah. Zap. But instead of zapping them, can it just say whatever uh, unkind words you'd like to say them, but in an eloquent manner? Oh, yeah. So like um, uh, Winston Churchill, Oscar Wilde kind of insults. Uh, <laughs> wow. You, you dug deep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it has to be in a British accent, right? It has to because it, it, it's always, it seems less demeaning that way. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it takes you at least till the next day to go, hey, hey wait, wait a, minute. a minute. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like, I'm going to put that down as a bad business idea. Orson Scott Card. Wait, no, Orson Welles. No, there was the other guy. Okay, well, let's wrap up so okay. I can write that down because I can't do two things at once as we've established. Yeah, the multitasking thing. Uh, you've been listening to a certain degree. My special guest has been Robo Ono. Robo, where can we find out more about you and how can people interact with you? And do you have any shows coming up? Uh, all of those things are uh, things I'm going to answer right now. <laughs> uh, I do have shows uh, coming up. They're going to be on my website. You can find it at RoboOno.com. Perfect. But if you use your favorite search engine and just type in Robo Ono, uh, I, you'll, you'll find me. You'll find so, me. Yeah. Um, but predominantly I use Instagram because it is just, you know, it's an instant blast. Yep. I'm a visual artist. Look at what I'm doing. I, you know, and, and you can reach me through any of the places you can find me online. I've got some way to reach me. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. Robo Ono's work is best experienced visually. So check it out at RoboOno.com. That's Robo ohno.com There's also a site for to a certain degree. You know, but I've noticed there's a distinct lack of me on it, so I can't actually recommend it with a clear conscience. Instead, how about some funny cat videos? Everyone loves cat memes.